0: I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. Good morning, everyone, and a special hello to all of you on the internet. It seems to me that you are practicing stealthily or secretly And there's something very pure about that. So please none of you do not underestimate the power or the influence of your practice. Sometimes I'm slightly bothered by the word practice. But another way to express the term practice is your presence or your tender heart of beautiful and noble vows. Excuse me. I want to start by sharing a piece of Shoto Harada Roshi's calligraphy along with the accompanying mini Dharma talk. Such wonderful snow, each flake falls in its place. These famous words are from Layman Pong. Although not ordained, Pong was very advanced at raising the Buddha Dharma. His wife and two children also understood Zen deeply and lived, in, lived an enviable family life of advanced Dharma exchanges. But Pong was seldom at the house. Instead, he trained for many years with Master Yakusan Igen, when Pong left that way of training, Master Yakusan sent 10 monks to see him off. As they said their goodbyes, snow came dancing from the sky. Pong said, such wonderful snow, each flake falls in its place. This was his departing offering, a great feast that will fill you eternally with the truth of Buddhism, exactly as it is right here, right now. One who has manifested the root source of Mu will know what an excellent offering this was and will respond with gratitude. But one of the monks asked Pong, so where do they fall? Pong responded by slapping the monk across the face as if to say, where else is it going to fall? With that, Pong left. He had offered a great feast and no one had been able to partake of it. Who really sees those snowflakes that fall one after the next? What is the snow's truth as it covers the mountains, the houses, the forests in one layer of white? If we don't experience the root source of mood directly, we'll only know the surface layer by way of mental explanations. I hope everyone will feast on this phrase and use it to deepen their practice. For those of you who are not in the general area of Northwest Oregon, it has been snowing around here, and personally, I feel enchanted by that. There's something just sheer about the layer of white and the quiet stillness of this mysterious... I didn't quite have the words, but I wrote bizarre, this bizarre world. Each flake falls in its place, and each flake contributes to the wide landscape of white. It is clear to me that this image is applicable to the practice life of us human beings. Every single moment of returning to, or enjoying, or appreciating, or being curious about this present moment is valuable is a gold coin of the treasure chest of practice awakening. And there is not a scoreboard to practice. It seems apparent that there are moments of awakeness and moments of ignorance or dullness or distraction, but what I wish to celebrate today is the purity of intention to be present and open and kind. From this perspective of celebration, there are no points lost in not practicing because each moment is fresh and inviting. There's only the waking up to this moment. And of course, there are other layers of mystery and other levels to view spiritual practice. The first three months of the new year, the residents at Great Vow are engaging in the creative process. In terms of medium, the invitation for letting creativity flow is mostly open-ended, but we are orbiting around the teachings of the Heart Sutra, the premier sutra of Mahayana Buddhism. In my exploration of some of the resources that unpack the essence of the Heart Sutra, I came across a pithy poem and was struck by the the crispness of it. Greed is strong, hatred is strong, delusion is strong. Wisdom is stronger. As I more and more acknowledge my greed and my hatred and my delusion and my wisdom, the more I feel encouraged and optimistic that wisdom may shine. Or at least there seems to be a trend for encouragement and optimism in my life. And that movement bolsters my faith in the efficacy of acknowledgement. The next time I am feeling low, there is a certain imprint from this season of feeling buoyant and joyous. That if I am present with negativity, if I embrace negativity, if I look at it kindly, then I practice the boundlessness and flow that teachings like the Heart Sutra point to. So much of practice is about remembering to remember. This principle of remembering is one of the great functions of a monastery. We enter this room and there's a gravity to the atmosphere. I look down at my robe and I sometimes remember what my deepest heart is really about. Several times a day we loudly invoke All Buddhas throughout space and time. You don't have to be at a monastery to have markers for remembering. Engagement in Sangha, in support of spiritual friends, makes remembering easier. The residents here have also been engaging in inner critic work recently. We've been exploring ways to recontextualize the voice, the energy of the inner critic, seeing the mechanics of the process and responding with compassion. We watched a wonderful TED Talk on Friday in which the speaker Steve Chapman offered insight on his journey dancing with his inner critic. My main takeaway from that video was a simple phrase that Chapman shared, bearing witness It is a strong habit to anxiously strategize, to fix the problem, the thing that makes me feel uncomfortable in life. Yet the simple medicine of bearing witness washes away the crusty views and thought structures that make me feel small. It is okay for you to be feeling how you are feeling right now. Do you trust that? Personally, recently recently I have been feeling more freedom from the inner critic. In my view, there has been some kind of grace in the alchemy of this freedom some mysterious ingredient, and I also attribute this easiness to bearing witness. In bearing witness, I take up more of a position of a parent, gazing upon the child that this present moment has birthed. I endeavor to fully accept this child Not only because I have to, but because I just do. Because I trust. And when I have contracted into negativity, there is the energizing and delicious wind of the breath. Just one full breath can make a big difference. There's also, oh, I actually want to be kind right now. That remembering and appreciation is beneficial and the opportunities to bring forth benefit in this way just keep coming. So I feel I am brushing away the inner critic at a nice rate these days, I think above 50%. In terms of a game, if the dance with the inner critic is like shooting basketballs, then my wiser and more joyous self is like Devin Booker. (laughs) (laughs) Book, if you're watching, you're playing great. Truly though, the reality of boundlessness, emptiness is worth praying, praising 10,000 times over. Thus we bow and thus we offer incense and serve in work practice and keep showing up with whatever openness of heart we can muster in the moment. In bearing witness to the dukkha of the inner critic, I'm able to forgive myself for not being magnificently wise and majestically compassionate. Forgiveness is a necessary ingredient for sanity and well-being in this life. This kind of self-forgiveness is about clearly seeing the truth of causation. So many conditions create what's happening in the present. As I look at my life and history in a more grounded way, I widen my sensitivity toward all of the contributing factors of this current unfolding. And as I observe and more deeply listen to other people, I become more sensitive to their struggles and joys. Or at least I make the effort to imagine their joys, struggles, and richness of feeling. Oh, of course they expressed frustration in that moment. Of course, this is coming out. It's human. And I want to kindly embrace all of the human elements, just like Kwanya Yin Bodhisattva. I wish to return to Layman Pong's such wonderful snow, Each flake falls in its place. Harada Roshi asks, what is the snow's truth as it covers the mountains, the houses, the forests in one layer of white? Harada Roshi cautions against only swimming in the surface layer of mental explanations but let me share some contemplations on snow. Snow's roaring stillness, no wind, yet the noble trees jump out at my heart. The snow invites us in a simple way. Look at the world. Look at the world. We are alive, look at the world. There's more to it than ordinary human considerations. All pathways are covered in a layer of white until city snow plows make way for vehicles. In the layer of white, human boot tracks mingle with the tracks of chickadee feet and deer hooves. Another invitation of the snow is, enjoy this life. Some of us here went sledding the other day, and that was so much fun. It was just fun. I ask myself, do I value fun in this life? Another way to ask this is, how much do I value an open heart? I find the timing of this recent snowfall beautiful, just as half a dozen plum blossoms bloom The garden is covered in snow. And even the sheets propped up to keep the plum tree warm fall in their place. Human hands set them in their place. Signs of spring have flirted with us. Flower bulbs send their shoots out, blossoms open, and it's no longer utterly dark at monastery dinner time. Yet the dormancy and death of winter enters the stage. Sub-freezing temperatures are harsh and threatening. New life is on the cusp of demise. The little birds I see around here puff their feathers out, physically enlarging their beings. They seem so delicate, hopping around the snow. So delicate and so freshly alive. These birds let their bodies change with the seasons. And we do that too. Or at least I'm seeing into how I practice that, or how I want to practice that. So I was struck by this line in the essential Zen teaching of Bodhidharma, the wise let their bodies change with the seasons. So Bodhidharma speaks of seeking nothing as one of the entrances into the path of practice. Seeking nothing, people of this world are deluded. They're always longing for something, always in a word seeking, but the wise wake up. They choose reason over custom. They fix their minds on the sublime and let their bodies change with the seasons. All phenomena are empty. They contain nothing worth desiring. Gosh, that line makes me feel not great inside. I do desire phenomena. That's another adventure in in practice. All phenomena are empty. They contain nothing worth desiring. Calamity forever alternates with prosperity. To dwell in the three realms is to dwell in a burning house, to have a body is to suffer. Does anyone with a body know peace? Those who understand this detach themselves from all that exists and stop imagining or seeking anything. The sutras say to seek is to suffer, to seek nothing is bliss. When you seek nothing, you're on the path. I'm struck by how that paragraph is worth a, a lifetime of investigation but I don't want to focus too much on that. but it's worth being challenged by so the wise let their bodies change with the seasons I was most impressed by that line now I'm cold now I'm tired Now I feel hopelessness, now I feel a certain tender feeling that doesn't correspond to any words I know. Now it's time for the snow to melt, and we are not quite arriving at any season. Not quite arriving at any solid ground, just swimming along. Swimming along is not insignificant. With the correct view, this letting things be, this swimming along, is nirvana. Thich Nhat Hanh says... Oops, the word nirvana means extinction. Nirvana is not a place you can go. Nirvana is not in the future. Nirvana is the nature of reality as it is. Nirvana is available in the here and the now. You are already in nirvana. Imagine the wave rising on the surface of the ocean. The wave is made of water, but sometimes it forgets. A wave has a beginning and an end. It goes up and it goes down. It can be higher or lower than other waves and more or less beautiful than other waves. If the wave is caught by these notions, beginning, ending, coming up, going down, more or less beautiful, it will suffer. But if the wave realizes it is water, it enjoys going up and going down. It enjoys being this wave, and it sees that at the same time, it is all the other waves. There's no discrimination, no fear at all. The wave doesn't have to go anywhere to look for water in the present moment. The wave is already water. So we don't have to go and look for nirvana because nirvana is our true nature, the nature of no beginning and no end, no birth and no death. And like the wave, if we are able to touch our true nature, then we transcend all fear, all anger, all despair, because our suffering is born from these notions, birth and death, being and non-being, coming and going, same and different, Nirvana is not the object of our searching, and we do not need to enter nirvana because everything is in nirvana already. Our reality is the reality of no birth and no death. Our reality is the reality of no coming and no going. We are perfectly in nirvana. We have been nirvanized from the non-beginning. There's a part of me that hesitates reading something like that. The inner critic says, oh, you don't really know that. But that's why we practice. It's like putting on a piece of clothing. I haven't been to a clothing store in a while, but you try something on and see how it fits. And we try on this teaching of we have been nirvanized from the non-beginning and it's right here. You'll see how that affects your life. I have another book. At Wednesday's breakfast, Kenyo shared a couple of Dharma poems by the late teacher Kosho Uchiyama Roshi, and I want to share a few more. Title is Life and Death with hyphens in between. This is called My Prayer A Higher, Even More Comfortable Life. Everyone seeking only to inhale exposing themselves to the crisis of suffocation. This 20th century age of the masses, I pray for the day when the ultimate wisdom may work in human beings, and that we may become aware that inhalation and exhalation are one breath. Life-death together form one life that a completely new prototype of human being, vividly living out the true life force as it is, inclusive of life and death, glowing from the depths of life, may be held up brightly for the people of the 21st century. Water isn't formed being ladled into a bucket. Simply put, the water of the whole universe has been ladled into a bucket. The water does not disappear because it has been scattered over the ground. It is only that the water of the whole universe has been emptied into the whole universe. Life is not born because a person is born. The life of the whole universe has been ladled into the hardened idea called I. Life does not disappear because a person dies. Simply put, the life of the whole universe has been poured out of this hardened I, excuse me. The life of this whole universe has been poured out of this hardened idea of I back into the universe. In gosho, two are one, and even that one becomes hidden. The form of reality, of thought released, all heaven and earth, the profundity of reality. I should have shown you the accompanying pictures, but here's the little picture with that poem. It's a little girl. Frolicking. As I stepped into the preparation of this talk, I was impressed by how rich and numerous the Dharma offerings in book form are. I steadily gathered eight, nine, ten books and each has such treasure to offer. The gathering bit seemed a little silly for a moment, and greed was in play a little, but wisdom is stronger. I feel a wholeness, a satisfaction, and I think that that satisfaction has arisen because once someone has a taste of the truth that liberation is possible, and there is an intuition that completeness is not far away at all, then sharing that understanding is natural and really quite good. So people publish books passionately wishing to convey the wonder of this present moment. This conveying of the profundity of life is fundamentally what I wish to get at today. So please share whatever you are passionate about. Please relax the thinking mind a little bit as your day unfolds. Please enjoy being a wave going up and going down. Please feast on the teaching that every snowflake falls in its own place. And please appreciate your precious life. Thank you.